you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. Let fowl multiply in the earth. I want to talk to you about fowl today, and and I want to talk to you about fowl multiplying in the earth. Sit your Bible down, and just one more time, clap your hands to the Lord and glorify Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you promise to stay awake tonight, you may be seated. Amen. We read in Genesis, the first chapter of dominion that is given to mankind. And it lists several forms, layers of dominion. It gives him Dominion over fish. Any fishermen in here that want dominion over bass? Dominion over fishing. He gave him dominion over fowl. We got a couple duck hunters in here. They, he gave them dominion over cattle. And, and some of you after church are going to get that stake and remind yourself you've got dominion over cattle. He, he gave them dominion over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Look at your wife, husbands, and say, that means that spider and that bug you made me kill last night, you got dominion over it. He goes through and he lists levels and layers upon layers of dominion that is given to mankind. But I want to talk about the fowl, and I'm going to take my, my title from verse 22. Let fowl multiply in the earth. This is not a special revelation for waterfowl hunters. This is no secret to your hunting season. This is about something that is much more spiritual. And it's about something that applies to you and it applies to me and it applies to the person next to you. Altitude has always been used in scripture as an attempt in describing the heavenly. It is imagery of that which is higher and that which is heavenly. 
The scripture says, pray ye that your flight be in winter. Somebody said they're going to Florida, and I said, pray ye that your flight be in winter. That's talking about the transcendence that happens when you go from this life and you go on to the life that is to come. And it's in terms of flight. It's in terms of altitude. Philippians 2.9 tells us of a name that is above every other name. And it continues on to say that at the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow. And, and, and it says of things in earth, or rather things in heaven, things in earth and things under the earth. And, and watch that spectrum of altitude. It's things in heaven, it's things in earth, and it's things under the earth. Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many of you are thankful that his ways are higher than your ways? He has a way about him that you can't understand, and it's above you, and it's higher than you, and it's about altitude. The psalmist said in the 121st chapter, verse 1, I will... Lift up my eyes to the hills where my help comes from. His help didn't come from his own two feet or his own two hands. It didn't come from earthen places. It didn't come from the clay. It came from the hills. And, and this is why we set our mind on Christ. This is why that we don't look to earthen places for hope, for peace, for victory. But we look to the hills from whence our help comes from. Colossians says, set your affection on things which are above, not on things on the earth. And this is why that we read of him being the most high God. This is why that we read of a dew of Hermon that descends from Mount Hermon onto Zion. That's the spirit of God and it comes from on high. This is why that we read of a pillar of cloud by day and a fire by night. This is why that we read in Genesis about a greater light and a lesser light and its metaphor that has to do with God and those that reflect the glory of God. And it's all in terms of elevation. So when we speak of high places, we speak of spiritual places in heaven and places wherein the glory of God dwells. Isaiah 40 and verse 22 says, It is he who sits above the circle of earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain and spread them like a tent to dwell in. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. And I'm pretty sure that that places us somewhere below. I'm pretty sure that that place is our level of dominion and the place that you and I stand on a level that is below the Lord. So high places are places that have to do with the presence of God. It has to do with spiritual realms. In Genesis, the 28th chapter, we read of a story of a man named Jacob. And Jacob lays his head down on a rock that's not a very comfortable way to go to sleep. And... and while he is sleeping, he has a dream. 
And he dreams of a ladder that was set on earth whose top, the scripture says, reached to the heavens. And in the dream as he observes the ladder, he sees angels that are ascending and that are descending. And he says, surely this is the house of God. And when he wakes up, he takes that pillow and he sets it up as a pillar and he anoints it and he begins to call it Bethel, being interpreted the house of God. And, and so when we talk in terms of elevation and flight and that which is above and that which is below and, and dew of Harmon that falls on Zion and all of these descriptive words that have to do with altitude, there's no coincidence that he said, surely this is the house of God. Because the house of God is a place that we come in and the spirit of God that is on high begins to rain down on us that are set down low and angels ascend and descend and the spirit of God ascends and descends and worship goes up and glory comes down and God begins to move on us. And, and that's what Jacob was seeing. He was seeing something that was messianic. He was seeing something that was to come with the coming Messiah. And, and, and sometimes we take it for granted that we can call on the name of Jesus and if two or three agree touching anything, he is there in the midst of them. That's the ladder set on earth that reaches to heaven. That's the God that is infinite, that robed himself in the frailty of human flesh and dwelt among us. That is the dew of Hermon on high that is wafted down onto the lesser hills of Zion. And it falls upon you and me. It falls upon the church. Amen. Revelation, the 22nd chapter, verse 16, says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in churches. I am the root of the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. And, and the writers didn't write these things by accident. This is not the work of brilliant writers or orators. This is the work of God. And this is the imagery of God. David said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So when you seek for God, you don't look for low places. You don't go to the bar. You don't go to the club for encouragement. You don't look for it in a needle. You don't look for it in addiction. You don't open up the computer and, and look for it in pornography. You don't look for it in the things of the flesh. Those are low places. But when you need a place of refuge and a place of protection and a place of comfort, like David, you can begin to say, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It's not earthen. It's not the club. It's not the bar. It's not a drug. It's not a pill. It's something that is higher than I. And so we're talking about the fowls. And if altitude is imagery of the heavenly, then what's the foul? Is it the bird on the windowsill? Is it the ducks for those of you duck hunters? Is it the blackbird that flew outside your window today? That's not what it's about. It is something that is beyond creation when the scripture says, let fowls multiply in the earth. There's literalism there. 
fowls multiply in the earth. But there's also a case for metaphor. And there's something much stronger that is being said in that passage of Scripture. The fowls are metaphorical beings that can navigate these higher realms. They know how to ascend to high places. They transcend earthen places. They rise from the dust and from the lowliness of mankind and our finitude. They can fly in the immaterial, spiritual places that this flesh can't seem to get a grip of. And when we're talking about foul, we're talking about you and we're talking about me when we're filled with the Spirit of God. It's not the will of God for you to live your whole life grounded to earthen places and concerned with temporal things and thinking about money and thinking about bills and thinking about family problems and thinking about jobs. That's not what it's about. But you're the foul that the scripture is talking about when it says, let foul multiply in the earth. You're not to be grounded to earthen places. But it's the will of God that you transcend this earth. And by the power of God, you overcome death, hell, and grave. And you go from this life unto the life that is to come. And you don't walk according to the flesh, but after the spirit. It's a high thing. It's a high place. The scripture speaks of the wings of God. It speaks of angels' wings. I was knocking a door one day, and I met a rather peculiar woman that wanted to tell me her life story, and I, I was open to it, trying to connect, and I, I listened. And before I knew it, she was telling me that she was finding um, feathers, white feathers around her home, and that the white feathers were traces of angels that had been near. I didn't have the heart to tell her that it may have been her pillowcase. Because when we read of this in the Word of God, we're reading of something that is not literalism, it's metaphor. It's talking about that which can navigate heavenly places. And every time a bell rings, an angel doesn't get its wings. That, that, that's not in the word of God. And that's not what this is really talking about. This is poetic imagery of why, why the spirit of God is a dove. Why that we can be sheltered under the wings of the Lord. It's the reason why Noah sent a, a raven and a dove in search to find out what was beyond his, his perspective on the ark. He knew if he sent a raven, it would, if it were to find a carcass, if it were to find something that was dead, it wouldn't return. And, and that has to do with a spiritual realm that is impure, a spiritual realm that craves carcasses, that craves the flesh, that craves, it's a demonic realm. And, and he sent a dove. And, and the dove, that's the spirit of God. And, 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 and the dove was sent out because if it found life, it would return with life. And, and let me tell you about the spirit of God. When, 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 when he returns, he's not coming with judgment for the people of God. He's coming with life. He's coming with an olive branch. He's coming not only to, to be the imagery of the dove, but 
to remind you that you too can fly. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what flight is really about. It's the reason that at the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God moved upon them, it was like a rushing mighty wind. It's the reason that in the first account of the Lord, we see God moving upon the face of the waters. And, 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 and that word God is actually the word spirit. It's ruach. It's wind and breath that was moving upon the face of the waters. It's the rushing mighty wind of Pentecost. It's the breath that enables you to speak with other tongues when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And all of these things are in terms of elevation, in terms of flight, in terms of atmosphere. And, and, and we can get so caught up in the imagery of it all that we're not really sure what it's all about. Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon wasn't looking over the sun. And what we come to understand when we read the word of God is that this life is not for the temporal. It's not for the, this moment. It's not for the here and the now. It's not for momentary worries and momentary satisfactions. But when the scripture says, let thou multiply in the earth, that's talking about people being filled with the spirit of God. Because it's a spirit that enables you to transcend this life and transcend this moment and transcend and go beyond momentary satisfaction not walk after not walk after the flesh but walk after the spirit that's what flight is about you can't fly if you're living in sin you can't fly if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost you can't fly if you're living like the devil and pretending to have it together on Sunday that's not flight. You ever heard of them grounding an airplane? It's when they, 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 they write up a document and they say that that airplane is not allowed to fly. Some of you are living at a point in your life that you have been grounded by addiction and grounded by sin and grounded by temptation and grounded by drug addiction, grounded by alcoholism, grounded by lust, grounded by greed, grounded by lasciviousness but you know what I believe for tonight and you know what I believe for the first service Sunday night service of the year 2020 I believe that God is wanting to break the things off of your life that are keeping you from walking in the spirit he's wanting to rip the things off of your life that are grounding you to the here and the now and the momentary and the earthen and he wants to fill you with his spirit and he wants to enable you to fly. Job, the 28th chapter, verse 7 says, There is a path which no found knoweth, in which the vulture's eye hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He put forth his hand upon the rock. He overturneth the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eyes seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. But where shall wisdom be found? Where is the place of understanding? 
Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me. And the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with gold or, or ophir, with the precious onyx or with the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it. And the change of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air. That's talking about wisdom and that's talking about the knowledge of God. And it's something that is invaluable. It can't be purchased. It can't be bought. It can't be earned. But let me tell you that it is near to those that learn to fly. It is near to those that are filled with the Spirit of God. And when you're filled with the Spirit of God, He'll take your shaky life and He'll place you on solid ground. He'll take the wavering things and He'll, he'll, he'll anchor you in a firm foundation. He'll deliver you from sin and deliver Deliver you from the earthen and deliver you from the here and now. And he'll enable you to walk in the spirit. Rome, Revelation 19.7 says, and I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together. Unto the supper of the great God. Uh, of the great God. Let me tell you who's going to be gathered to that supper of our great God. Let me tell you who is going to be gathered together for that last supper of the Lamb. It's going to be those that are baptized in His name and filled with His Spirit. And without it, you will not be of the fowls that are gathered together. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God can do it right now. He can do it tonight. He can break the chains off of your life. He can deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And He can enable you to walk in the Spirit. Ezekiel speaks of fowl of heaven making nest in his boughs and under his branches. And that's the people of God in the church of God. He wants to fill you with his spirit. And he wants to cover you with his branches. We, most of us have heard the scripture at some point growing up. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I love that song. We sing that, and when we sing it, the power of God begins to move. But don't forget the part where it says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not 
faint. Let me tell you what God is wanting to do in your life. He does not want you to be bound by addiction and bound by sin, but he wants you to mount up like eagle's wings. He wants you to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be able to live this place and get to that place. He wants you to be able to be delivered from addiction and walk in the promises of God. He wants to deliver you from the here and the now and this sin and this temptation and enable you to walk in the presence of the Lord. The psalmist wrote in the 91st chapter in verse 3, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. A, fla- a, a, a fowler is a bird trapper. He shoots ang- arrows. He sets traps. And the intention of the fowler is to keep them from being able to fly. And some of you have experienced that very personally in your life. Arrows of fleshliness and arrows of carnality and arrows of addiction and arrows of financial problems and arrows of being jealous over your brother and arrows of being angry at your sister and arrows of lust and arrows of pride and and, and these are snares of the fowler. And the complete intention is to keep you from being able to fly. But the scripture says that he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Some of you have been ensnared by those traps way too long. Tonight we're breaking those traps off of our lives. We're getting rid of those things. We're getting rid of those sins. We're breaking free of those addictions. We're breaking free of the things of yesterday. And God wants to enable you to fly, to soar, to begin to mount up, mount up like eagle's wings and walk in the spirit stand with me across on your feet across the room today if you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost tonight is your night maybe it's been a long time since you've been filled with the spirit of God and your life has been dry and you found yourself caught up with those snares and dodging those arrows God wants to deliver you from that snare. He wants to refill you with his spirit. There's a bigger thing. There's a broader thing. There is something that is above that God has for your life. If you stay grounded, all you'll think is the here and the now. You'll think about what feels good now. You'll think about what looks good now. You'll think about what you desire now. But when you mount up like eagle's wings... You begin to get some perspective. And you begin to see a place that is on the other side. You begin to see a place where the fowls are gathered together for that supper. You begin to see the things that God 
has planned and intentioned for your life. God doesn't want you walking around covered up in chains, walking around broken and beaten and hurt and struggling and ensnared by the snares of the fowler. But God's got something bigger for your life. God's got a plan for your life. God has a future that is bigger than anything that you can imagine. And the only way that you're going to get there is if you mount up like eagle's wings. If you do so by the Spirit of God. If you begin to seek after Him and let Him fill you. And let Him lift you up. And let Him bring you from the earth and under the heavenly. Lift your hands across this room. I want you to call unto God as the singers come. Come on, that's it. Aloud with your mouth. I want you to call out unto God. He wants to deliver you from those snares. He wants to deliver you from those arrows. He wants to refill you with His Spirit. Come on, He hears you right now. You ought to talk to Him. You ought to lift up your voice. You ought to call unto Him. God, deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Help me to mount up like eagle's wings. Help me to arise from the now and the here and the momentary. Come on, God's wanting to break the chains of lust off of someone's life. God's wanting to break the chains of pride, the chains of addiction off of your life. You ought to come to the front of this room right now and you ought to make that a declaration that you're not going to stay grounded. You're not going to walk around enslaved in, in chains of sin. But you're going to be filled with His Spirit. You're going to walk in the Spirit. Come on, come quickly. Come quickly. God wants to work in your life tonight. God wants to deliver you. God wants to work on your heart. Come on, lift up your voice. I don't want you concerned about the song. I don't want you concerned about the person next to you. I want you to call out. I want you to call out like a bird in the trap. God, deliver me. God, rip these chains off of my life. Come on, if that's you, you ought to cry out. You ought to cry out. Deliver me, God. Lift me up. Teach me to walk in the Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you hear it, you shout. If you hear it, you talk to Him.